I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Jay Whitelaw, who's the founder and the director of Give Some, is my next guest. He's a young guy who has had just a, a truckload of passion and a whole lot of commitment to uh, changing the way we think about giving, uh, I would say, is probably that uh, really, really what we focus on in this interview. You're going to love this interview. Jay's got uh, um, entrepreneurial uh, skills. He's got business skills. He's got development skills. He's got relational skills. There's, there's a lot going on in this interview. And I think, uh, you know, he, he talks about his experience of going to Africa many, many years ago, uh, 2012, uh, when he traveled to Namibia and how he met somebody in particular. I'm not going to tell you much about the story, but you gotta, you got to listen to it. And, and you really have to stay tuned for his story about Mandalay Bay. Uh, it's a hotel in Las Vegas, and I've just returned from Las Vegas, and uh, makes the story that much more meaningful. And here's here's the phrase for you: Jay is passionate about the giver. That's all I'm going to tell you about today's interview. Please uh, check it out. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Jay Whitelaw uh, with Give Some. Don't forget DavidPeckLive.com um, coming soon to a theater near you. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very uh, special guest uh, today. Jay Whitelaw from Gibsum is here. Yep. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks Jay. for having me. So we're at the Oak Park Neighborhood Center in North Oakville, and it might get a little noisy because I think there's about 327 kids <laughs> yeah. here today yeah. as well hanging out, which is kind of <laughs> nice. I walked in and it was a little noisy outside. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kids playing and hanging fun, out and having fun and, and doing some cool things. So we're sitting in Michelle Knoll's uh, office, Executive Director of Oak Park Neighborhood Center. So, Jay, you are interested in the little things, I've noticed. I am. Um, so yes. Jay and I have met just a little while ago. I'm trying to think of how we actually met. but you, So you've started a, a charity, the non-profit. I think. Non-profit. Non-profit. Yeah. Okay, good. But uh, let's so give a little see the good and you've underlined see in your your um your promo and the organization's called or the nonprofit's called give some why the heck are you getting into the charitable sector 
Great question. Um, I think for me, uh, a bit of my background was I was raised top of my parents, the good in giving. And uh, so I grew up, you know, giving a little bit to different charities that probably that my parents suggested I give to. And uh, it was an experience that I had in Africa years after I'd already been giving that really opened my eyes to something that I felt I had been missing. And uh, so I don't know if I can go into that that story here. The story about Africa? Yeah. Yeah, do tell. I, sure. so I don't know if I've shared with you, but in 89, and probably some of my listeners uh, know this, but in 89, I went to Kenya as I was right. on strike as an electrician. I've got a construction background. And we were on strike for about three months. And I was okay. approached from a friend, from a friend, from a friend. And this was pre-free the children and, yeah. and these kinds of trips. And I went over to help build a medical clinic. And to say that it changed my life, you know, is an understatement. Yeah. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I know what you I'm mean. assuming we're about to hear <laughs> yeah. a similar story. Yeah. So yeah, please do tell. So it was back in 2002. And this is my really my first time ever leaving Canada. I, hmm. uh, I got on a plane, flew to Africa, and I was being going to be a teacher. In two different schools. Africa's a big place. Where did you go? To Namibia. Namibia. Sorry, yes. Namibia, Africa. And a town called Grootfontein, which is about five hours north of the capital. And uh, really sort of farm country. And I didn't know anybody. But I, did I you really, go on your own? I went on my own, yes. Like totally on your own? They, the organization I went with was African Land Mission. And they were initially trying to find someone for me to go with. Oh, I see. Okay. And they couldn't. And they said, well, are you okay to go on your own? And I said, sure, I'll go. I really wanted to experience uh, for more than just a couple of weeks what life outside of Canada looked like. Sure. Yeah. Why didn't I just go to Aurelia? Well, I looked. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not outside of Canada. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, Aurelia. My, <laughs> my mother in law lives make there. You're going to make some enemies. So. Oh, my brother dear. lives there too. I can feel so. the hate mails coming in already. Yeah. 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 So, no, I think you know, I looked at the map, and to be honest with you, Africa scared me the most. Oh, yeah. For yeah, whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I want to face my fear and fly to Africa. So I flew there and um, got a real taste right away of, of how different things are. And, uh, you know, the story goes with when, within about five or six days, I met this man named Kamadi, who ended up being uh, about a year older than I was. And the day that we met, he came, gave me a big hug, shook my hand. He said, I want to show you my house. Can you come over? And Kamadi lived in what they call a location. And it's right on the edge of the slum of that town. And uh, this is the first time I'd ever been in there. And so he invited me over. It was evening time. And I walk in the house, which is a cement slab house with a tin roof, like whatever every other house there looked like. And it just shocked me. In the living mm -hmm. room, he mm -hmm. literally had nothing except for a white plastic table, mm -hmm. a white plastic chair, and a light bulb hanging from the ceiling from mm -hmm. a couple wires. Mm -hmm. And that was his living room. And a, set, a set out of an 80s rock. <laughs> exactly, like yeah. a college kid's room. So, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt, but would at this point have you had any kind of idea of what... Yeah, maybe Kamadi wasn't living in extreme poverty, but did you have a sense for what poverty meant? Would you say if I had asked you back in 2002, uh, I'm sure that's going to kind of come out in your story. Yeah, I, I had a sense, I think, uh, in Canada, but it's so different over there. Well, it is, and, right? And it's yeah. so, it's so um, nuanced, too. It's not yes. just financial, right? Yes. It's not just about owning a white plastic table. It's so much more than exactly. that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's not something that you can just walk away from, you know, or even have... Um, obvious ways to get out of it. It was, it's something that just is a way of life over there for a lot of the people that I was working with and rubbing shoulders with. But this really was, it was my first time driving into this part of the town. It was my first time walking into a house uh, of someone who lived there. 
And uh, yeah, so I walked in, I saw that, and and yet Kamadi wasn't ashamed to show me. Right. Uh, it was a huge joy for him to have someone yes. from Canada. Yeah, come the hospitality, visit. right? Yeah, it was huge. Awesome. And yeah. uh, it's cool. So we walk into the living room. That's what I saw, and then he said, ah, "Let me show you the kitchen." And the kitchen, you and I would have had a struggle standing in there together. It was right. that small, and he had uh, a broken stove with a hot plate sitting on top of it, and he had a sink. That had running water, and that was it. Didn't have a fridge, didn't have cupboards. He had no food. He was earning no salary at the time, so he was fully reliant on people in the community yep. giving him food. And uh, so that was a shock to me. And then we left the kitchen, and he said, "I want to show you my bedroom." And so we walked into the bedroom, but by this time it was getting darker, and so we went back to the living room, unscrewed that light bulb, literally, and took it into the bedroom, screwed it into the socket oh, in the bedroom. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great. And the light shone, bit. and Ugh. this was the hardest for me to see was he had a ripped uh, foam mattress that wasn't even like he couldn't even spread out full length on it in a blanket and that was that was his entire bedroom right it's a foam thing and a blanket and he said there's my house Jay yeah and I remember just the inside being like oh man I I tried to prepare myself yep uh, heading over there but uh, you, you can't be prepared for that so, so. different I mean I've often said I, I'm not a fundraiser and, but I've often said that you know fundraisers if they could just and, and most of them would know this but if you could just take people by the hand mm. and I mean it by the hand yeah and into a situation yeah. like commodities and watch him I mean how how can the idea of the light from one room to the next unscrewing the light yeah. bulb from one room to the next not I mean yeah. what a it's it, on one level it's just, it, you know, I don't want to use the word sad or tragic, but it's very resourceful, actually. But yet, there's a part of you that goes, wow, you don't have enough money to buy Yeah, it's like, that was, that's like $2. Yeah, And yeah, so he yeah. doesn't have $2 but, but to get But telling the story yeah. and actually experiencing it are so, oh, so different. unbelievably which different, right? We didn't even try to do this, but that is really where I'm getting to with Gibson. With Gibson, is that which is whole cool. Concept. Nice. So, yeah, I'll get there. In a second. Yeah, so clearly Kamani had an impact. I mean, yeah. is could you say that... The whole idea of seeing the good, giving a little, showing people the difference they can make through the small gifts they give. I mean, could you, I mean, light bulb, what a great metaphor, right? right? Could we not get this guy enough money just to buy another light bulb to get him off his, you know what, you know, that's, it started? That's you know what, what I did. That's, what, yeah. that's yeah. where the store is going is. So I said, I saw that. I didn't know at the time that I was going to become very good friends with him. Right. And uh, so that was 2002. This is you know, 14 years later. I'd still consider him one of my best friends. I have one son, and my son's middle name is Kamadi, which he may be a little angry for when he gets older. <laughs> his, uh, his kids, uh, his friends find out. But um, So Kamadi to this day is a very close friend of mine. But over the course of the year, about two or three months in, I realized this guy, we're going to be friends for life. And I thought, you know what, I want to do something for him. I, I can't change everything, but I have some friends back home who I know would probably pitch in and help. And so I just sent an email. I didn't know what to expect. I just sent an email home to some friends of mine and said, hey, I met this guy, Kamani. I explained a little bit about him. And I said, if, if you could send some money over, I didn't even give an amount. I said, if you could send some money over, here's what I would do with it. I'd buy him a bed. I'd get him a fridge. Uh, I'd get him some more light bulbs, literally. Uh, I'd get him some more um, basic furniture for his house. And Kamani was a big uh, community guy. And so he hosted a lot of the youth. Yeah in the community at his house and so uh, I sent that email and I said okay let's let's see what happens here and it probably took about 48 hours and it's, this is you're still there I'm there this yep. is uh, I flew over there in January this is probably March or April how long was the trip uh, it, was, it was 12 months 12 months yeah it was a year so sent the email home 
And literally in about 48 hours, I'd raised about $6,000 Canadian, which the conversion is uh, um, 10 times over there. You need to read the book, uh, Leaving Microsoft to Change the World. John Wood, who started Room to Read, almost the exact same story. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in a sense. Like, he went, saw something in Nepal, sends an email back home, says, Dad, can you collect some books? Comes home, he's got a garage full of books. <laughs> yeah. He starts an organization yeah. called Room to Read that's doing incredible things it's, with little scholarships, building. It's incredible, right? It's little, often little, how little things, things like this right? start, right? Something that touches your heart that's like, I gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had the money wired over, and it, it was important for me to have Kamadi be part of this process. So I, when the money came over, I took Kamadi, and he and I, I'll never forget this day, we went into town and we picked out a bed together, and we picked out a fridge, and we right. got some. You know some of the other things that we brought her home and I thought up to that point that this was going to have a profound impact on Kamadi the person what I didn't realize was how big of an impact it was going to have on the community and because that's not what it's like in Canada but there everyone knows everyone and everyone knows what's going on and so women in the town saw what was happening and they came over and this huge celebration <laughs> broke out that I wasn't ready for and I had women that I'd never met before coming and grabbing me by the shoulders and they started jumping up and down and singing and dancing and crying and just saying thank you for helping Kamadi. And it was right in the middle of that that I realized this is the first time in my life that I'd, I've ever seen something actually happen after you give money. Because when I was giving before I left for Africa, I would write a check back in those days, write a check, put it in the mail, you know, put a stamp on it and about... If it was a charity that gave receipts at the end of the year, I'd get a receipt at the end of the year, or I'd get a receipt a few months later. And that was it, and a thank you email. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, even today, that's that's the typical thing they're right. used to, is right. I get a, re- a tax receipt, a thank you email, and probably a request for more funds in yep. another few weeks. Yeah. So, But here I am in Africa watching what actually happens that I'd never been able to see, and the impact it had on Kamadi's life and on this community. And that day... I thought there's something missing right now with giving because if people could see this, I guarantee it would change so many people's minds about giving. And um, I didn't know what to do, but I I thought I want to do something about this. And then like I told you when we first talked on the phone, uh, 11 years went by (laughs) and I did nothing. And I found myself 11 years later, I left Africa, still very good friends with Kamadi, started working for another company and... um, I convinced the CEO to let me put on a conference in Las Vegas for 5,000 meeting planners around North America. And these stories will connect. I know it's two very different Mm -hmm. worlds right now. But so we put on this conference and after one of our sessions, they were doing breakout rooms. And so... What's the conference about? The conference was uh, geared for meeting planners. Oh, okay. So yeah. nothing related to really nothing anyway, to do with giving explicitly related to giving or charity right. or nonprofit or Namibia no, or totally business focused training these uh, meeting planner professionals. So just a bunch of soulless corporate folks. There. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but yes. yes. Oh, great. No, I, I can more hate mail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to get yeah. in trouble here. I so, really am. Yeah. So we finished our session and then someone got up on stage and said, okay, for the next hour, we have like something like 40 to 50 different breakout room mm-hmm. options because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. And I realized we had nothing else on the schedule for the next little while. So I turned to my colleagues. I said, I'm going to go join a breakout room. Do you want to come with? And so we all decided to go. We walk out. This is at Mandalay Bay in, uh, in Las Vegas. We walk out. It's hilarious. I was in Vegas last week. I don't know yeah. if I mentioned it to you, but I, no. I didn't go to Mandalay Bay, but I can see it in yeah, the distance. Yeah, you know where it was. Yeah. 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 
And there's a guy, as only in Vegas, dressed like Elvis with the, with the megaphone inside of this area. And he is trying to direct as many people coming out of this big session as he can into this other room. And uh, we didn't know what any room was teaching, so we just went with Elvis. We followed where he was pointing us. And we and 1,500 other people, none of whom knew what this session was going to be about, walked into this room. This is a breakout with 1,500 people? 1,500 people. That's a people. big conference. It's huge, at, yeah. It's 5,000 people conference. So, uh, And none of us knew. So we get in there, and it was a, an entire room filled with uh, small tables, small round tables with three chairs at each. And a voice got on a loudspeaker and said, sit down with people you don't know in teams of three, and we're about to begin. So I left my colleagues, and I sat down with two women who were already sitting there. They're probably in their mid-50s. And I introduced myself, and it turns out they are both from New York with like thick New York accents, you know, sort of classic businesswomen. And, uh, did, they have, did they have New York values? <laughs> have you heard about Yankees this? Hats. Have you heard about this New York, New York values? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his face? Uh, Ted Cruz. Can okay. you tell how I feel about him already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Resp- resp- talks about New York values in, oh, okay. a, in a pejorative way, in a negative way. Right. Uh, and it's it's caused him quite a bit of flack, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Comedians are having a heyday with it. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. the idea being the southern U.S. has right. values. But right. anyway, sorry. Yeah. You're, no, you're they, New York friends. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't sound like it. So uh, so anyway, guy gets out on stage and he says, okay, this is how this is when we find out what this thing is all about. And he gets out on stage and he says, okay, for the next 50 minutes, we are going to make prosthetic hands that we are then going to take once they're... Once so they're, this is all 1,500 of you 1500 are making people. prosthetic hands Prosthetic now. hands. Okay. None of us knew this. It's pretty crazy, but so, cool. Yeah, I so said, we're going to dump the contents onto your table. You're going to make this hand. We have quality checkers here to make sure you do it properly. But... When it's finished, we're going to take these 500 hands and we're going to ship them around the world to people that need them. It's pretty and cool. as I heard that, I thought, this is brilliant. We're going to do something and we're going to teach a little bit about teamwork. So I was just going to say, is this a team building thing? Yeah, so yeah. it's a bit of a team building. It's neat. And I thought, but this is going to outlive the conference. It's going to make a totally. difference somewhere. Yep. And I thought, this is amazing. And I looked at the woman across from me and she was smiling. She like, I could tell she liked this concept. And then the woman beside me hated it. And I was shocked at how... Um, vocal she got about how she didn't want to participate in this. And so hmm. she uh, she eventually stood up to leave. She said, you know, if, if I'd known this, this is what this, you know, meeting kind of was like about, I would have been sort of? Like she just Well, feeling like she got tricked. She got tricked. I was uh, coming here to learn something, and now I got to do this stupid hand. Right, so right. she got up to leave. Fortunately, the woman that was with us knew her and told her to sit down because she was going to embarrass her if she left. So she stayed. Long story short, uh, we make this hand. It was mostly the other woman and I that made it. This other woman helped a little bit. But we made this hand. So at the end of the hour, there's 500 of these hands. We go and we pin them to a board at the front of the room so you can visually see the impact here. And then what happened was the lights went dim and they showed this movie or this video. It was like three minutes. And the beauty of it was it wasn't even well done. It wasn't well polished. But what they did perfectly was they showed people around the world putting these exact same Mm -hmm. hands that we had just Mm -hmm. created on for Mm -hmm. the first time. Mm -hmm. So we actually got to see what was about to happen now that like once we leave the conference. And I'll never forget, this is what really hit me. They, they showed this boy, maybe 11, 12 years old, and I don't think he had any hands. He, had, you know, he didn't have either hand. And they put one hand on him, and he's sitting at this table, and he, he struggled to pick up a pencil. And he picked it up with his new hand, and he signed his name and started weeping. And the voiceover said, this is so-and-so's first time ever mm. signing his name mm. in his life. And boom, it just, I was yeah, trying to hold yeah. back. 
and I yeah. got overwhelmed. It's and... like the light bulb experience, right? You... Well, I'm getting to that, yeah. yeah. So I looked over at the one beside me who was very you know, reluctant to participate, and I was hoping to see some sort of reaction in, uh, in her. And I looked over, and she is absolutely weeping mm. and just uh, uncontrollably. And so I, I, you know, I, I paused to make sure that we caught eyes, and she looked at me, and I just kind of nodded and smiled, sort of saying, you know, see, there is something to this. And she grabbed my arm and she leaned in. The video's still playing. She leans in and she says, Jay, I can't wait to go home and tell my family because this just changed my life. Mm. And wow. it was cool, unbelievable. Little things, man. Watching you the change. Know. And you know what? It was, like you said, it was 11 years earlier. I just remembered in that moment what happened to me that day with that community when we did that thing for Kamadi. And I thought, look at this. She just experienced the same thing that I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, I can't let another 11 years go by. So, so you got to tell us about Give Some in a second here. Yeah. But I want, so Edmund Burke said the only reason, Pecky and paraphrase here, the only reason evil is going to triumph is that good men and women, my paraphrase, do yeah. nothing. Right. Why the hell did it take you so long to do something? Uh, and I'm not suggesting that it was evil that you weren't. But I'm just right. saying the, the idea of the quote, I think, is to get us to, why? How is it that the light bulb experience, the prosthetic experience at the Mandalay Bay, yeah. had that impact on you and this woman? There was a lot of other people there that it probably didn't have that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm fascinated yeah. by that 11-year window. Right. Um, you were up to good things, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like how, because I'm all about little things, incremental change, etc. But how do you motivate others yeah. to care, you know? I think it's a lot of it was um, sort of this, this growing festering inside of me of knowing I want to do something. I think for me, the biggest thing was getting over the fear and getting over the idea that, you know, sort of that inner voice of like, who do you think you are that you can actually help with this? And it was just something sim as simple as watching one change person. I said, well, even if I got five people to change, five people to experience what she just experienced and that I experienced... This would be worth it. I would love to know, and we will never know this, but if if you had not met Kamani, if you had not had that Namibian yeah. experience, would the Mandalay Bay experience have been the I same I can almost thing? guarantee it would not have. No. Would have been great. Would have yeah. been a good story. Yeah. But yeah. it probably wouldn't have had the same impact. No, it wouldn't right? have changed my I life. Love, I love the thread. I love yeah. the connecting points. Yeah. So can, tell me about Gibson. So, so, so yeah, so, so Gibson was basically born that day. I looked at her... I wrote down what she said and I literally started shaking because I said, okay, you know, I, you know, my company doesn't know it yet, but I, I essentially, I just, I just left. You just quit. And within 12 months <laughs> I was gone and I was launching Give Some. And so Give Some is all about, you know, there's charities exist that, you know, that focus on poverty, that focus on, um, you know, children, education. What Give Some focuses on is givers. That is our focus. We're going to do a lot of good around the world. But we're focused on givers. Givesome.ca, by the way. I'm just going to toss that in right, right. now. Uh, so people, and we'll, we'll post that so, online, yeah. et cetera. But anyway, yeah, givesome.ca. Yeah. So that is the heart of Givesome is I want people around, you know, probably initially around Canada and then around the world yep. to be able to see for the first time, really, the difference they make when they give. And so I left that, that Mandalay Bay that day and I said, okay, I want to start finding out, you know, what is the state of giving? I've never, I've never really done stats or looked at this deeply. And I found out, uh, this is a couple of years ago, but I found out that um, for the five years leading up to that year, which was two years ago, uh, charitable giving in Canada had been dropping year after year. Small percentages, but it hadn't climbed, it had dropped. 
and uh, about 23% of Canadians filed charitable giving on their tax return, which means that 77% didn't. It doesn't mean those 77% never give or don't give. Yeah, all kinds of different ways to give, right? Right, but it showed me that um, there's only a you know a small percentage of Canadians that are really engaged in giving. And then, but of those 23% that do give, I found out the median amount that they gave that year was $123. So it showed me that, you know, 70, there's a, you know, there's a sea of 77% of people out there that um, could really be engaged more of giving. And even the ones that do give, you know, don't give substantially enough to show really that they are really true believers in this whole thing called giving. So that really excited me. You know, it didn't depress me. I thought, I thought, okay, there's, there's a need out there. And so I, what I did was I started setting up um, sort of questionnaire booths around southern Ontario where I'm from, just asking people. I was trying to find people that didn't give, and I wanted to ask them why. And I found a lot of reasons why they didn't give. You know, I never get to, I never know what, you know, this charity does with my money. Um, the requests are always so big. I feel like if I give 20 bucks, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not really enough, and I kind of feel like a schmuck for doing that. Um, I don't ever get to see the end result. Um, you know, they do a good job of getting me to give, but then I kind of feel left out of the equation. And that really, that last one was the one that kept surfacing and surfacing, which was the biggest one on my heart was wanting to show people. So create that, that, that signing of the document, the kid with the new hand. Yeah. Just show, just do what, do what they did for us. We built this hand and then they showed us what they did. Look what you were a part of. Look at the change you made. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, that's what. Give some came out of was and do you think do you think that is connected to so so twenty thirty years ago it would have been a letter it would have as a donor I would have received a letter I might I might have received a picture or two um, yeah but but now it's you know it's very digital it's very online you're talking about short simple videos I would imagine yeah Yeah. that are yeah so 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 great so nice segue into tell me a little bit about the mechanics of yeah so the model process yeah yeah so the model is we are. Uh, partnering with charities who are already doing good work around the world and we're approaching them and saying look this is what we'll do for you we will highlight a tangible project that you want to fulfill we will highlight that to people that likely maybe don't even know about your charity because we are really focused on people that don't give we'll fund that project and the one thing it's going to cost you is when that project is fulfilled I want someone there taking out their smartphone and shooting like a 30 to 40 second video that captures the energy of that moment. You know, the example I always use is Namibia. If we were to, you know, we raised money for 12 bicycles for kids who currently walk six miles to school and back. You know, we raise the money for those bikes, have someone there when those bikes are delivered to those kids, record 45 seconds of what happens when those kids receive the bikes. You know, see their smiles, capture their, their laughing and get them going, getting on the bike and riding for the first time and then take some photos. And then what Givesum does is when that charity sends us that media, we then, because we do all of this through an, an app, um, so we take all of that and we send it back to the community of givers who gave towards that project. So within four to eight weeks, there's they uh, up pops a notification on the app. They tap on that and hey, you know Jimmy, do you remember when you gave two dollars to these bikes for kids in Namibia? Check this Check out. This. How is it different from crowdfunding, or is it crowdfunding? It's a lot like crowdfunding with a very charitable focus, um, and you know I think the partnership with charities. Um, and, and bringing them the ability to prove that they are doing what they say they do and showing people the tangible difference they make uh, with, with a charitable, tangible focus, I think is what makes this different. There are, there are charities out there that have a very specific focus on, on uh, 
you know, changing classrooms or, um, you know, different, different uh, things that they're passionate about. Gibson really is passionate, like I said, about the giver. And so we've made this and designed this in a way that engages the giver. So as you start to get these videos back and you're funding these projects, you get to save these on the app on mm -hmm. your own personal profile. Nice. And we'll do all the tracking, all the stats. So, you know, David, if you've been giving for six months to 18 different projects, you know, you have a map of all the dots showing you where all these nice. projects took place. You have all of the videos that you can save, uh, easy links to share this on social media, um, ways that you can earn uh, badges and earn ways to get more money from the companies that we're partnering with in order to put more money back. So it's really, it's really so. multi-layered. So you're not just doing the work on behalf of the charity, you're doing work for the charity, right. UNICEF, let's say, that's funding wells in a particular place. Yeah. So the wells, the people there, tangible uh, outcome there. Yeah. Then you've got uh, social media, you got press, you got uh, bandwidth for the organization here, and then you got the, the focus on the giver as well. It's really, right. I mean, I'm sure there's other layers as well to it, but I. It's really cool. And what I love is um, your, your example, 12 bikes in Namibia. Right. Is that your plan to use really small projects, really tangible, like not 12,000 bikes, right. but 12 bikes? I mean, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think the, the reason we, we went that way initially was thinking, well, we don't want projects that someone gives to and has, has to wait three years. Right. Not that those projects are no good. Right. Those things need to have, you know, yeah. building a hospital wing and, you know, at some hospital. Of course. That exists. Yep. Yep. But we wanted, we really wanted to show people quickly and efficiently and effectively the difference they make. So, so initially when we launch, we're, it's going to be smaller type projects like 12 bikes that are tangible. And I think as we grow and if there's more people feeding into this, then even if they are larger priced projects, if there's more people giving, we'll still be able to fund them fairly quickly. Um, so, and, and, and so small projects, yep. tangible difference quickly, you see the results, everybody talks about results they want, and everybody, it makes me crazy working in the sector, everybody yeah. wants immediate results, right? you know, because then I go, well, hang on a minute, that just sheds a whole lot of light on how you misunderstand what the real problem actually is, right? Right. But it doesn't sound like you're going to that level, that infrastructural level. This is, uh, hey, we need more light bulbs for this small community, let's help them out. Right, Exactly. And it's not saying that the, this way is the best way. I think this is the way that we are looking to hook people. On well, and Jay, I just you're so. you're aligning with a charity that theoretically is doing the the needs assessments. They're doing the baseline studies. They're going here's the community that needs it right. most. So hopefully there's you know there's a bit of trust there, exactly. right? You're aligning yeah. yourselves with the guys yeah. that know what the heck they're doing. You know, we're vetting these charities. We're making yeah. sure they're yeah. you know they're sustainable. It's great, love it. Yeah, yeah. So. so so tangible. It's so very cool, and I love this. You know, uh, getting me talking about the splash and ripple effect. Uh, the, the, you know, look heading forward and looking backward to see the connected dots yeah. and the crazy path that you took to get to a place. The eleven years of silence, all <laughs> that stuff. How the light bulbs and the, I mean, it's just it's yeah. remarkable because one of the lines I've been using of late. I'm working on a slowly working on a documentary film about a, a guy, a former Khmer Rouge soldier in Cambodia. It's called. Um, Anyway, it's it's coming. Yep. <laughs> but one of the things I've said to people is, you know, you could parachute into Cambodia anywhere mm. and make a documentary film. Mm. Pretty much the first person you meet. Mm. And I kind of am starting to think you could do that anywhere in the world. Yeah, actually. I think so. Namibia, yeah. it doesn't matter. Aurelia, right? right? Right. Everybody has a story. And yep. some people see the connected dots and, and others don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's like a recognition almost. Yeah. And now we're sort of off on a bit of a tangent. But I think it's... 
definitely well, relevant, we, right? We want to help people connect the dots. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a company two weeks ago, and I said, look, we, we all do know this. So I took an example. I have, I have a son. He's four and a half years old. His name Jackson. And uh, you know, I, I used this scenario. I said, let's say for whatever reason, Jackson couldn't be with me at Christmas. Let's say he was half a world away. Uh, for whatever reason, he was traveling or something, and I couldn't be there. And I sent him a present that I knew he loved, that I knew he wanted. Uh, but I didn't. I wasn't able to be there when he opened up the present. You know, Jackson's still getting the thing that he needs, or that he wants. He's still getting something that's going to make a difference for him and that's going to make him happy. But by me being here in you know in Guelph area, I don't get to see that. I don't get to be part of that transaction. And so there's something missing. You know, there's something like I know. I know intellectually, he's going to like that, but my right. heart's not connected. Sure. Yeah. And that's that's really I think. A lot of what a lot of giving is right now it's you know if I write this check or I send this donation you know I do believe they need it but if I if I can't connect with it in my heart it's not gonna have the same profound impact on well me. and clearly it's changed your life in such an, a huge way it set you off in this entrepreneurial I mean clearly you're an entrepreneur but it set you off in a whole new uh, uh, um, path mm-hmm. and I would think that on some level, that's what you're hoping Give Something's going to do for others too. It's not just about getting those twelve bikes or more light bulbs. No, no it's not. At you're, all. You, yeah. you know, you, what was your line? We're passionate about the giver. Yeah. So you're you're about social change. You're about turning the giver's life upside down. Exactly. Well, and which is you know, awesome. Yeah. And really it's neat. Seeing the stats go down. The and whole, engaging that other seventy-seven percent. Exactly. That's that's it. You know, and seeing that seven percent, seventy-seven percent shrink, and well, I want to see the stats start to reverse where more people are giving because. They're really now engaging in what giving's all about. Now, did I hear you say when we launch? Yeah, so there's this because I'm in living in this sort of dual world right now. So we have officially launched. We are a registered okay. nonprofit across Canada, um, but we haven't publicly launched where people can use the app. So am I going to get invited to the cocktail reception? Yeah, as you bet. Okay, are you going to come? I am. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> what's so, what, what's on the menu? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sushi. I think that's what we had the first time we met. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, yeah, so that we're looking to launch to the public this coming fall. Nice. And uh, that'll be when the app is ready. The app. People can go to the website now. Check people it go out. to the website now and, and see what we're all about. Um, but really, once the app is up and running, that's going to be the engagement piece. Are you looking for, for charities to align with? Do you have your current ones in place? How's that we, playing out? Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. In the early days, I wanted to prove this. Con- I want to test this concept. So I started calling charities that I'd never talked to before. Right, right. And nice. said, hey, it's Jay from Golf. Nice. Love it. You know, I'm literally, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of doing this. If I did this, would you want to partner with me? And I never had a charity say no. Yeah, of course not. So, because, you know, there's a lot of different things we're offering them. So I, I, I very quickly said, okay, I think this is something that could benefit charity. So I started more focusing on how do we, how do we get this up and running? And uh, so that's what the focus has been on. So when we launch in the fall, what I mean is having the app ready for people to download They'll be able to download it for free um, and then be able to use and start funding these programs. So I'm still so. a little bit unclear. So I download the app. Yep. Now I have the opportunity to what? Give a dollar to any Yeah, we didn't different... touch on that. You're yeah. right. It's Do all I, very... Is it monthly? Is it Yeah, it's project-based. So again, I'm thinking about the person mm-hmm. that doesn't know a heck of a lot about giving. Sure. So they're not going to necessarily know in the early days what charities they align with because they probably don't know much about charities. But they know about tangible projects, and there's going to be things that resonate with people. Whether of it's you know bicycles, if I'm a biker, that might yep. really resonate with yep. me. So we are very much focusing this by project. 
So, so you download the app for free and actually our partnerships with companies, part of that is we're having these companies give $2. So everyone that downloads the app for free or the first time, it actually comes with $2 preloaded. So the first time that you give, you're not having to link a credit card, you know, everything is is already done in there so for So just you. by downloading the app, you get two bucks to give away. Two bucks to give yeah, away. Cool. So by downloading the app, in and, the chair, and, the, and the corporate partner is paying that. Right. And and it'll say who who this $2 right. came from. So if you download the app, in essence, you're releasing $2 in the chair nice. for doing that. But to get back to your question, you'll get to the screen and it will be a picture. Yep. It'll be a picture of a project. Uh, and underneath uh, a short paragraph of why we're doing that project, um, the dollar value, and then the charity that we are partnering with to fulfill this project, there's a link on that app right to their website if you want to check them nice. out if you've never heard of them. And then underneath is three options. You give $2, $5, or $10. And that's it. Those are By the options. way, I just want to toss in, I've seen the app in, in play, and it's cool. It's better Thank than you. cool. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tangible. It makes sense. It's easy. Uh, and I'm a BlackBerry user. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've, you, you took me through it, and, yeah. and it's, it's really slick. Yeah, and, we, and uh, I'm sure there's a little, a uh, few bugs there still, maybe to work out. But but yeah, and, and and I think you had like a 12 second video to share or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so it, yeah, it's awesome. You know, I tap, I give my two bucks or five or ten, and we say thank you. You can actually write a little note, and nice. the app actually takes all of these little. It's almost like a little tweet. I can write to these kids that are getting these bikes, and so when the money is delivered for the bikes, they get. The, and are um, you hoping that I'm I'm when I get that video I'm giving another five bucks? Are you hoping that I'm going to give monthly now? Great question. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that you're likely skeptical. Yeah. The first time yeah. you use it, you're like, okay, I'll use Coke's money to give two bucks away. But I'm hoping that when you see that video and you realize, man, for only two dollars, which is what I pay for coffee, so I'm getting a shiver. It's awesome. You know, in a few it's weeks, amazing. I get to actually see this and I can see tangibly the kids or the people that I yeah. impacted. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope at that point you go, you know what, that's worth two bucks once in a while. Yeah. And our initial challenge when we launch will be to challenge people to give two bucks every week. And we'll be posting... Um, Which is $104, $104 a year. year. Can you tell how I did that? Yeah, that's yeah, very good. Impressive, 52 eh? times 2. Yeah, it's yeah, impressive. Which, if you spread $104 out over a year, most people could afford. And we want to make this available for you know, the university student or the, yeah. you know, the young family with kids. And I've never done it, I don't think, myself, but I've been at events where, you know, the 99-cent cell phone donation. Right, you know? yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of almost an extension of that. And a lot of people, you know... A lot of people in the nonprofit sector are talking about how do we engage younger generation? How do right. we get people to give? How do we get them to care about something right. outside of themselves? Yeah. This is a pretty affordable way to do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, kids at my five, eight years old are making two and three and four and five dollars right. a week on allowance, right? right. So you know, and if a kid doesn't have a PayPal or credit card account, I mean, their their parents yeah. can put you know, 20 bucks into their account yep. that they can then draw from. I mean, for actually, heaven's sakes, you know, set up a lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Get creative. Raise a bit yeah. of money and, yeah. you know, donate it through the exactly. some app, man. Yeah, I it's, could see, you know, I could see yeah. kids doing that. Well, sure. lemonade is so awesome too, just yeah. from a, a little things, you know, yeah. idea. Yeah, puts a picture and image yeah. in your head. Yeah, it really it. does. Yeah. Well, listen, I, this is an awesome, uh, so, uh, really cool. I love the app. I love your passion. I love your, your entrepreneurial edge. So, do you got a date for the event? Are you when you're going live? When people can actually? We, we don't have a set you're date. Pretty close it, though. Yeah, we are cool. very close. Yeah, nice. we're right now. Again, just just the last bit. I think yeah, is yeah. people maybe wondering when I give my two dollars, how much of that actually goes? Right. Oh, right. Of so course. Yeah. Ninety-five percent of that will end up going to the project that they've designated that to. About three percent is the fee for the credit card, and then we're taking two percent 
And Give Some every year is going to choose a project around the world through some charity that we will take 2% of every donation and give towards that one project. That allows, a little selfishly, that allows Give Some to have a hand in a project that we want to be able to you know, fund and, and watch the growth of that project. But also gives us the ability to, to, um, to shoot videos and to show, show people that are using the Give Some app what we're doing through this other project. So none of that donation goes towards funding GiveSome, which is why we're looking to partner with um, companies. Yeah, to, cool. uh, to run. It's going to be doing, bigger so. than the microchip, man. Hope so. Yeah, I hope so <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, Jay Whitelaw from GiveSome, GiveSome.ca. I'm going to spell it out for you. G-I-V-E-S-O-M-E dot C-A. He's uh, the founder and I guess director? Executive director. Executive yeah. director yeah. of GiveSome. So check it out. And uh, Jay, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.